Welcome to Compassion Collective. This episode is brought to you by your hosts, Michaela Swee and Susan Murray, co-founders of Compassion Collective. Music by singer-songwriter Michael Shines. Hello, Compassion Collective. It's Michaela here, single host for this episode. Um, Unfortunately, Susan and I both have been pretty busy and under a lot of um, sort of different stress and pressure and strain recently, and we couldn't finagle things to come together for this episode, although we are um, really excited and looking forward to thinking about more episodes for the new year and would welcome any requests or feedback on topics um, you'd like to hear more about or be thinking and talking more about. So we welcome any kinds of emails or messages on Instagram um, about topics for, for discussion that you'd like more of. But one of the reasons that we wanted to make sure that this episode was happening, um, even though I'm here doing it solo this time around, is because the holiday season is upon us. We're well into it. It already started, I think, for a lot of folks in in November even, maybe. Um, But this is a time that brings up a lot for people in many, many different ways. And so when Susan and I were talking earlier we were thinking that it would be really important to talk a little bit about some of the issues and sources of stress and distress that come up during the holiday season for folks, and also being thoughtful and mindful about ways in which we can be really proactive in thinking about how to care for ourselves, how to practice both compassion for those around us and also self-compassion with and for ourselves to really increase our strength and resilience going into um, the holidays, because that is really, really important. When I was thinking about wanting to, you know, do an episode thinking about holiday stress and self-compassion during the holidays, a big part of that is because of what I've been noticing both in myself, but also in my work with people, that over the last several weeks, I've noticed a pretty significant increase in people saying they're not feeling well, right? And that can be physically or emotionally. And a lot of the time when we're not feeling emotionally well, that affects how we're feeling physically. And when we're not feeling physically well, that impacts how we're feeling emotionally, right? The mind and body are are connected. But a lot of people saying they're not feeling well talking about just feeling just more distressed in general, feeling more emotionally dysregulated, you know, and by that, I I just mean feeling sort of emotionally volatile and all over the place and having trouble feeling like um, they can control emotion or, or, you know, feeling more out of control um, and lacking agency um, and how they're feeling, maybe feeling more victim to, complicated and challenging emotions that are present. Um, I've noticed a lot more fear in folks, right? And then just the sense of like overwhelm, exhaustion, and depletion. And when Susan and I were talking earlier, we were talking about how, you know, these are really common things that 
people often feel going into the holiday season. It's not necessarily unique to this year, but I, I do think that there are some contextual factors that make this year really challenging. And I think one of those factors is we know that there's been sort of an increasing mental health crisis on our hands, that more and more people are experiencing distress, seeking services to to help try to manage the distress they're experiencing. And also, this is our third winter of the COVID-19 pandemic. And it, it, as if that weren't enough, you know, experts, health experts, medical experts are are now using this term triple term triple-demic to describe what we're facing this winter of 2022 um, with this spike in not only COVID cases, but flu and um, RSV. So, you know, there's a lot. I think there's a lot that folks are are dealing with. And that doesn't even describe at all. I think there are other factors that 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 people have been holding and that have been weighing heavily for some time now other social and political issues. Um, but I think it's important to talk about a lot of the different reasons that holidays bring up complicated emotions for people and more distress. Um, so my hope is that in our short time together in this episode, we can talk a little bit about and normalize some of those issues that come up for a lot of people and then spend a little while talking talking about, you know, what what we can do to better show up for ourselves, support ourselves, um, increase our resilience, and make it through this season as strong as as sort of in in as as much of one piece as as we can. So starting with thinking about why and how the holidays bring up a lot for people, um, for folks who spend time with family during the holidays. Um, maybe even especially folks who don't live near family, who travel to go back to being with family. Sometimes that involves traveling back to childhood homes or, you know, previous life chapters or, or geographic locations that remind people of prior life chapters. That can bring up a lot of complicated feelings, right? Especially for folks who feel like they have complicated family dynamics, which is many, 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 many people, maybe a majority of people, right? And especially for people who have histories of any kind of developmental trauma, trauma in early childhood or trauma in family relationships or really complicated, strained relationships with family. I think one thing that can come up for a lot of folks is this sort of experience of what we would call regression, which is you know, this experience of almost feeling like you're going back to or being pulled back to earlier parts of ourselves or different parts of ourselves that may feel in some ways more childlike or may feel more kind of associated with past parts of ourselves, past relationships. It may not feel good. And sometimes it happens without us even being consciously aware of it, right? Um, But I think this can be a really hard experience for people and for people who are consciously aware of a tendency to regress. Um, it can sometimes feel like a backslide, right? Like like we're, we're going off track or we're losing progress um, or going back to a phase or a part of our lives that we don't want to go back to, right? And what we know is that it's an immensely normal um, understandable thing that happens when we go back to certain environments and certain systems and um, family dynamics. 
right? And I think a lot of folks may also be able to relate to the experience of feeling like it's hard to hold on to boundaries, right? Or feeling like a loss of boundaries maybe when they return to certain systems, family systems, um, sometimes feeling like it's hard to prioritize one's own needs that sometimes people start to experience this like sacrificing of their needs for other people, um, which gets exhausting, right? Um, and I think it, it's also important to, to talk to, to folks who, you know, don't feel like they have close family or friends, um, you know, for the holidays. That experience, which also affects a lot of people, brings up heavy, heavy loneliness and isolation, especially when, you know, people see around them friends and other people who at least on the surface, seem well-connected or loved or, you know, have places to go, have places to be. So I think it's really important to, to speak to that experience too, that, that that's, a, that's an incredibly painful experience. And I think, you know, another thing that I've been thinking about that's coming up um, are fears and stress related to this triple-demic that we're in and what that means, you know, in terms of balancing family time, or time with other people, with one's health, or, you know, fears of health and safety for other family members or friends or loved ones who are immunocompromised or who are elderly or in some way more vulnerable, um, you know, to the effects of, of illness and getting sick. So trying to balance that, um, thinking a lot about financial strain and stress that comes up for people during the holidays. Um, you know, some people have financial privilege and are are able to, you know, buy presents for loved ones and people without, um, you know, much much thought or or much sacrifice. Other people feel sort of burdened with this sense of guilt, um, you know, or sadness that maybe they can't buy gifts or show love in the way that they wish they would be able to do for for loved ones. You know, and then a lot of people who just who just kind of feel this this sense of financial strain and responsibility that heightens at this time of year. Um and especially if people, you know, have in addition to the holidays have other things that they're, you know, I don't know, birthdays or other events that are also on their plates to either events to plan or to host or to sponsor or what have you. I think that logistical stress and strain and financial strain um, is is a lot for people. And then I'm, you know, I, I have to mention also this sense of like going into the new year. I think that is weighty for people thinking about, you know, new year's resolutions. And I've been aware of on Instagram and social media, seeing all of these like two, 2022 um, 2022 highlight posts, right, with pictures and captions showing the highlights of people's years this past year, and you know the the social comparison that 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 evokes for people, you know, feeling like what they're seeing represents other people's realities, and that you know other people around them are happy and everything is perfect and carefree, and everyone has so many friends and is so well connected and has had all these amazing trips and experiences this year, right? And then feeling like you know, I think that can lead a lot of people to feeling like, wow, you know, I don't have that, right? I didn't do that, and and can can evoke feelings of shame, right? Feeling like there's something wrong with me or I'm I'm lesser than in some way or 
feelings of being left out or excluded, right? Feelings of of loss or lacking, what we're missing, perceptions of failure, right? So there's a lot of this like highlighting of what we have, what we don't have, what we're lacking, what we're missing that people are constantly being exposed to, I think, on social media in particular, right? And then this idea of like the pressure that the new year represents for a lot of people, right? So when we think about these new year's resolutions, it's like this idea that there's all this pressure on us to think about who we're going to be or how we're going to be going into the new year, right? And it has to be better. It has to be good. Um, and I think oftentimes those expectations can can set us up for failure or at least for heavy doses of disappointment, um, you know, and perceptions of failure. So I, I know for myself, I've been thinking, and we can talk more about this in a couple minutes when we think about some strategies we can use to help um, – you know, help really kind of offer some padding around ourselves, help help increase the support that we're giving to ourselves going into the next few weeks. But I, I really have been mindful of trying to lower the bar, right? To And I'll talk more about this in a moment, but I'm taking a little bit of space, I think, from social media because some of that for me, I, I would say, is not, is not always that helpful. Um, and it can suck up a lot of my time and take me pretty far away from being present um, you know, getting kind of sucked into these peripheral worlds um, and then missing out, out on my own. And I think a lot of people can can relate to that. Um, so we can talk about that in a moment. But just also lowering my expectations, lowering the bar, understanding that, yeah, time ticks on and the days are passing. But January 1st is a day that's going to come like every other day, just like today and tomorrow, right? And I, I don't have to be another person. I don't have to be changed. Next year doesn't have to be drastically different, right? I can balance um, sort of being a person, you know, who's moving with the ticking of the clock and, you know, the day is passing and also think about like, you know, things that would matter to me or things that I feel are meaningful to spend time on or to spend thought and energy on, right, without setting these unrealistic expectations for myself. Um, And when I was talking to, to Susan earlier, as we were talking about, you know, doing this episode and really getting out there to, to talk to people about sort of what's coming up and, you know, the stress that's really present right now. One of the things Susan talked about that, um, I, I, I find fascinating. She was saying how she's heard from friends and colleagues, this saying, this kind of trope that, that, um, that's been going around of like, oh, that's a January problem, right? Like putting things off for this month, for the month of December. Um, you know, it's like, I'll get to it in January. It's a January problem. But then Susan made a really good point that then we have to watch for how that sets us up to be like facing this enormous, you know, unnecessary avalanche in the new year, right? Like coming out of um, what tends to be the you know closing period of the year. Some people are able to take some time off. Some people are still working, you know, finishing up the new year. Um, whatever, whatever someone's situation is, this idea that like there's something looming next month in the new year, right? And and I think one of the things that I'm thinking about that's important is like how do I try my best to eliminate or or lessen as much of that avalanche as I possibly can? Like, I want to be thinking about, you know, how do I think about starting January with more ease, right? What what might it look to, to ease in a little bit? So 
I think that brings us to talking now about some of the things that we can do to really focus on showing up for ourselves and sort of bolstering our stamina, our resilience, increasing our resilience. So, you know, one of the things that, and I, I love this, what what Susan said as as we were talking earlier, is that, you know, one of the greatest antidotes to exhaustion and depletion, which is what I think a lot of people are holding and dealing with right now, is rest, peace, and connection. So thinking about over the next few weeks, you know, no matter what people's plans are, maybe people have a lot of plans for the holidays, maybe people have some plans for the holidays, maybe people have no plans for the holidays, right? But thinking about opportunities to regulate ourselves to regulate our emotions, to be in touch with ourselves, with our feelings, with what's coming up for ourselves in relationship with other people we care about, right? Or or activities that we really care about, that we value, that mean something to us, right? Or with just ways of being in our environment, in the world that feel meaningful and important to us. So I think that's really important. How can I, for myself, focus on rest, focus on peace, focus on connection, right? And that doesn't mean that I'm going to feel like it's easy to do that all the time, right? I'm not I'm not going to be feeling like, oh, this is easy peasy and I'm happy all the time, right? But I can think about moments where, you know, I need to, of course, sort of slow down and and rest here or thinking about what it means to, to find or to cultivate contentment, right? Even in the midst of mix, a mixed bag of happenings and, and emotions, right? And also thinking about connection versus isolation. And that can look like a lot of different things. So a couple of the other things that, that we were thinking about as being really important for, for folks I think maybe to to think whether some of these things could be helpful to you. Um, one of the things was taking breaks, right? Taking breaks when we need to, when we can, and and that could even be a two minute break, right? If you can take more than that, and you want to take more than that, that's great, right? But a lot of us have different responsibilities, whether that's you know parents with kids, or managing other family members, or balancing work stuff, or balancing other responsibilities, right? It can be hard to slow down and take a minute, but it's so important to do that. And there are so many ways we can do that, right? So some people who are really active and find that it's helpful you know, to manage emotions or manage challenging internal experiences that are coming up through movement might take like a minute or two minutes to do jumping jacks, for example, or running in place or just dancing, like turning up the tunes and dancing, um, you know, or, or for people, if, if you can't move your legs, you know, pumping your arms to get heart rate up, right? Anything that can sort of jostle um, and disrupt the state that you're in you know, through sort of getting your heart beat up, getting, um, you know, your breathing rate up, that can be really liberating and and changing, change you in, in a really significant, meaningful way. Some people like to turn to their breath and grounding through their breath. Um, there are some awesome apps and, um, you know, guided sort of audio tapes and um, or audio recordings, rather, to, to help people do that, or people may want to just kind of guide themselves through it. Um, there are a lot of different ways that we can do this too. But, you know, what would it be like to take one minute 
to just see if we can sort of bring ourselves steadily and slowly into just a rhythm, a really consistent, paced, slow, deep rhythm of breath where we're connecting to our breath, to our body, taking a moment to take some space to ground, right? So that's important. Thinking about like what a break to you would look like. How long of a break are you able to take? When can you take a break? When do you need a break, right? I think that's important. Another thing I've been thinking about is when we need to say no or draw boundaries with people, right? And sometimes that's going to be, you know, in a work situation with an employer. It might be with a family member. It might be with a friend. It might be with someone else in your life, you know, but are there moments where we need to say, you know, I'm sorry, I, I can't take that on right now or, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that right now. Um, can we, can we see, can we be able to stay in tune with ourselves to know when we're maxing out, right? Which I think is a state that ebbs and flows, there are times when we feel like we have more capacity and then times when we feel more maxed out. You know, in the times when we feel more maxed out, are there times where we can say, you know, I can't, I can't do that right now, right? That's really important. And that's an extremely self-compassionate action to take when we need to take it. Another thing I've been thinking about is just the power of fresh air you know, and taking regular walks. That's something that I've been trying to really prioritize for myself, especially when I can very easily spend a day at work just back to back to back on the computer, on Zoom, in meetings, right? But but really prioritizing, taking time to get myself out, to move my body in the way that I can, to get some cold, fresh air, um, even when we're not in a position where we can easily take a walk, you know, what would it be like to crack a window? Um, at least in the Northeast right now, our air is very cold. Um, so putting your face by an open window for a few minutes and just feeling the cold air, breathing that in, um, right? Like that's an example, another example of taking a break, but also the power of fresh air, change in temperature, right? So that's important too. Another thing I think is for some folks, it may be important to think about taking a break from social media, right? Or really, really paying attention to how much time you're spending on your phone or on social media um, and how much time that's detracting from your actual experience and and the present moment. I think one of the a, a tool that has been pretty scary for me is the, you know, the tool on your phone that tells you how much screen time you're consuming per day or on average per week. Whew, it's it's frightening how 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 quickly that adds up and and the the number of hours it ends up being. Um and what we were talking about before in terms of all of the social comparison and what we're taking in and paying attention to on Instagram and, you know, all these other apps, right? taking a break when we need to take it, right? Because that, that I think is really important and, and checking in with ourselves to determine like, is this serving me? Is this nourishing me? You know, am I, am I having fun and I'm, am I gaining something from this? You know, or, or is this, I don't know, is this wearing me down in some way or is it detracting from my, my experience? And then lastly, and this is something that um, I'm also going to put out a short episode about um, is this idea of journaling 
and self-compassionate letter writing. Um, some folks use the tool of journaling and writing, expressive writing, a lot. Some people maybe have less experience with it, but I think it can be a really powerful tool to use when we need to take some time to get what's going on up here in our minds that may feel like this jumbled, intense cloud, right? And taking time to sort of compartmentalize, break it apart, right? Really look at what's happening, what's coming up for ourselves and beginning to ask this question that, you know, is really important about sort of what do I need right now? What's present for me and what do I need? What would be helpful for me right now? So with that, Susan and I wanted to share with everyone that we're, we're with you. We're together in this. I had someone today, you know, share in a group that, you know, we're going through this together. We're, we're getting through the holidays together. And I think that that's really important um, that you're not alone. I'm not alone. We're not alone. We've got each other. Um, it's really important to reach out and lean on people you trust and people you love um, for support when you need it, to not be um, afraid or held, held back uh, in the face of, of needing support or needing help, um, but asking for it, which takes a lot of bravery and courage. Um, so with that, we hope everyone takes very good care during the holidays and we'll be really excited to bring back, um, some new content and episodes and more important things to talk about together in January. So with that, we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Compassion Collective. You can visit us on the web at compassion-collective.com. Please also consider donating to our Patreon fund at patreon.com backslash compassion collective. We'll see you next time.